Hi everyone, welcome to Mecca Collective. Today, we're really excited to be speaking with Yasmin Denis from Mikash Skincare, and we're gonna hear all about her entrepreneurial journey. Uh, it's a really exciting uh, exploration and conversation, so I'm really excited to have Yasmin join us. Yasmin, welcome to Mecca Collective, and thank you so much for taking time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Let's get into it. So I think the first question, I guess, for our audience is Mikash Skincare. It's a lovely brand. If you've seen the website or the social media, it's very clean and crisp. Can you tell us a little bit about what Mikash Skincare is all about? Yes. So when I wanted to start a skincare business, I knew from the get-go that I wanted to be very different. Um, there's hundreds, if not millions of skincare brands out there, but something that I really wanted to do was stay true to what I wanted. And that's genuinely ethically sourced, natural skincare made in small batches. Yep. So I'm, I'm very proud of where it's at now. I'm glad that I've stuck to what I wanted and I've achieved what I wanted. Um, it, nothing is mass produced. There's no nasty ingredients in my products. So that's something that I'm happy about. I think what people are really interested to hear about, and you know, you and I had this conversation a few weeks back, um, which was really interesting, very eye-opening for me. Um, tell us a little bit about the journey um, because now we see, you know, you've got the brand up and running, mashallah, it's very successful. And it's you. on its way to really great things, inshallah, in the future. But how do you go from having an idea to getting to where you are? And more importantly, I suppose, what brought you to that point? Because I know that there's been a really big personal journey as well. I don't even know where to begin, to be honest, because I've, from a very young age, I've always been interested in beauty, in like, you know, skincare. I used to give facials with the Nivea cream to people when I was younger. Like it's always been in me. But when I was working in these um, fields, you know, skincare, beauty, I never knew about natural. And I thought, you know, like brands that you'd go and buy from Maya or David Jones were just, you know, great for all skin types. But it wasn't until I was working at a very well-known cosmetic counter that I had a lot of people come back wanting to return the product because mm. they had reacted to it. So I'm someone, I dropped out at, uh, at high, from high school. So the moment I turned 14 and nine months, I just didn't like high school. I got bullied a lot. So I started working from a very young age. And when I was 17, I started working at a very well-known cosmetic counter. It's uh, Maya and David Jones. So when people were coming back, I was like, why are these people reacting? This is like such a top-notch brand. Like what's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. So I remember there's a, there used to be a um, internet cafe across, because I grew up in the housing commission flats on Brunswick Street. There used to be an internet cafe where, I would go across and I would, you know, jump on Google and I'd type in these names and be like, oh, my God. And then it like a whole thing would just come up of, you know, like it's cancer causing ingredients and like hormone disruptive ingredients. And I was like, oh, my God, like this. I felt like I was living in a like living a lie. Like it was just so like I couldn't mm -hmm. believe it. So that's when I thought, oh, my God, this is the reason why my grandmother would make things from scratch because growing up in, you know, because they're villages. So, like, in their village, they barely go to buy anything from the stores. Everything is made right there, fresh from the farm, the animals. 
And I remember when I was like nine, we, me and my sister, we stayed with my grandma for a whole year. And like they had no shampoo, no conditioner, no none of this. Everything was like bar soaps, lotion from soaps. Like it was just really strange. So mm. then I was like, oh my gosh, like I really need to look into natural products for skincare because I'm using this stuff and I was so worried as a teenager I was like what if I grow up and I've got cancer like I started like worrying about the ingredients so I was at that position for about a year and then when I started learning about different products that were natural still had preservatives and parabens but not as nasty as the ones that you'd see at the um, Mayan David Jones I was like, how can I get my foot into the door with this company? Like I literally lied. I know this is so bad, but I lied on my resume saying that I had experience at such and such lab when I didn't. But anyways, I got the job because I was like, oh my God, God, I am so sorry, but I have to, please let me just get this position. I did. I couldn't believe it. I was only 18 at the time, turning 19. And it's a company called Omniderm. So they are German bioengineered skincare distributors. So very well-known brands that you wouldn't see in stores, but only clinicians, estheticians, dermatologists will use. So very high-end luxury skincare. And they did a lot of in-house testing, like doing, you know, um, testing of different brands, against their products that they're stocking that had you know just all the all this knowledge I was like you know what if I'm going to do anything in life and if I'm going to get anywhere in life this is the place I need to be so from a very young age I was very switched on and I always knew what I wanted I know that I'd always be in beauty and you know in that field um so when I was there I was like you know what one day I'm going to have my own business and I'm going to do my own skincare and I did. I know because when I put something to my mind, if even if it's from five years, 10 years, 20 years, from I know that I will get it done. It's just my personality. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I grew up with nothing. I grew up in housing commission flats. Like I know what it's like to eat stale bread. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, and when you're in that position, you're, you're a hustler, you know, you want to hustle, you want to work hard to get to, you know, where you want to get to in life. And that's what pretty much, that's what I pretty much did. But when I wanted to start it, I didn't have money. And then I just worked, I saved up. When I was 21, I actually had $150,000 in my account because wow. I saved, I worked at Omniderm. I was there from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., six days a week. I only had one day off. I worked, I saved. I didn't even buy food from outside. Like I'd eat, you know, tuna out of a can salada biscuits I still do that here like I I was like I'm gonna save I'm gonna start my business but it wasn't until I got married in Turkey and that failed I had my beautiful son Yasin which I have his photos around here and uh he got ill when he was six months old and um it was the most devastating news ever like the doctor just straight out said listen your son's not going to survive for long and I was my my world had crumbled and I just it was that moment like I knew I was a grown-up but it was that moment when I literally became an adult and I was like right this is from God 
it is what it is. There are people that go through things and I just had to, you know, take it in. But I mean, like I was only 22. Oh, wow. I was so young. What a test. I mean, that's. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Like I just, like my family, we come from a very beautiful Islamic raised like cultural modern so when I got the news at first like it's like a knife hit my chest and I just and then I started you know remembering God and I was like you know this is my test in life and I'm gonna try and you know uh survive and I did I mean like it's heartbreaking I mean like my son died in front of me it was the most devastating thing any parent could ever go through but I never said why me I just said okay this is my test as long as I pass it I'll be fine and I think it's just you know having that faith in God Mm -hmm. and just knowing that you know this world is temporary and that you know that you're going to meet and you know reunite with your loved ones inshallah Inshallah. so Mm -hmm. that's what gets me going you know otherwise I think I would have crumbled but so I went through that, you know, things that like every time I wanted to do something, I was set back. And like the money that I had saved was spent on my child because obviously I wasn't getting Centrelink benefits because of the money I had in my account. So for three and a half years, I ate that money like no tomorrow and I was wrapped and I don't feel guilty about it at all. I did everything with my son. I gave him the best life I possibly could. I have zero regrets. Um, the only thing that I... Uh, struggle with at the moment is probably just a bit of anxiety because sometimes I can't help but think oh I just miss him you know Mm -hmm. but that's why I got remarried and I always say love saved me um, because I was like really devastated so when I met my husband Ross he was like he saved me from feeling sad all the time Mm -hmm. and um I had Mikhail, Mikhail's now seven, my son. And then I had Aisha, I fell pregnant to Aisha when Mikhail was three months old. It's like raising twins. Um, And then it was until I think Aisha was like six or eight months old. And my husband at the time had had um, really bad carpal tunnel. So he had to get off work. And I mean, like, I'm not working. He's not working. We've got two little kids that are toddlers. It was a bit tough. Mm. And um, he's like, you know, do you reckon, he's like, you don't have to. He goes, but maybe you can look for some part-time work. And then I was like, no. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, I'm going to start my own business. He's like, with what money i got? Trust me. I go, I need a lot of money. Mm-hmm. We have $500 in the children's account. And I was like, I'm going to use it. I have no regrets. I don't care if it's the kids' money. It's just $500. I'm going to use it. And that's what I did. I literally got like, 10 labels, five bottles, five closures. I got the ingredients from, because the wholesalers that I knew from back then, I've got connections. Yeah. I'm connected like Lego in that field. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was like, right, you know, I will, let me get this stuff. This is what I've got. Just give me a little, little, little of this, 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 this. I went in my kitchen. I started, I pretty much just picked up from where I left off. It's like when you're a self-taught chef at home, like, you know, you love to cook, you love to bake, you know, the recipe off by heart, like you just pick up from where you left off. And that's what I did. But I struggled at first. I was like, 
what's mm. going on? Like, why aren't people buying? Why aren't people buying from me? Because yeah. uh, while I was, you know, a stay-at-home mum, I actually had a cooking blog where I had like I think fifteen or twenty thousand followers. Wow. So I was hoping that those followers would merge onto the Mikash page. But I only had like probably 2,000 of them merge or five. Like I can't really remember how much. But And then I said to myself, you know what? If you're going to start doubting and be down about this and by not having sales and blah, 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 you will not get anywhere in life because I've always been the type where if you need to believe that God is behind you. So mm-hmm. having that faith and telecall, which, you know, like, I I just, I'm the type where I'm like, I fake it till I make it. That works for me. And I always tell people, don't worry about, oh, do you get any sales? Oh, you know, why this, why that? Just be like, nah, man, I'm killing it. Oh my God, I've got all these sales. I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just my, the way I do it. Mentality, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, You've covered a lot of really interesting I haven't okay. stopped talking. <laughs> no, no, but it's been riveting. It's been really fascinating. And there's been so much in what you've said so far that I really want to unpack. Um, I think, I mean, the, the thing that stuck out to me in what you've just talked about, I mean, there's been a few things, but the, the first one and the most major one has been you recognized that God doesn't test us beyond what we can bear. Yes. And so, you know, when you come across something so difficult, and I can't imagine, I mean, I'm a young parent in a sense, I've got a young kid, um, a new parent. And so, um, you know, understanding what that must feel like, I can't even imagine it, right? And so that test that you endured, and alhamdulillah, you've come out the other side um, in such a brilliant way, mashallah, it seems. And so, um, but to, to undergo a test like that, and, and obviously our Prophet Sallallahu he went through that test of losing children. So you share something. And I think the only thing I can say to someone that's gone through that is you share something that the prophet had. And that's the best thing you can hope for in the world in a way, right? To share an attribute or to share treatment of the prophet. However, it's a huge, huge test. And um, I think the approach you've taken to tests is something that's really interesting and really noteworthy because your reaction to something like that was that this is from Allah this is a test from God and if he's given me this test it means he's given me what it takes to overcome that test and I think you've kind of lived your life without saying that you've kind of lived your life in that way so far that you endure a test and you sort of figure out and hustle away through it Um, and I think that that is one of the absolute key ingredients of success in be it in business, in spirituality, in whatever field, is you know, understanding that you're going to be tested and then understanding that you've got what it takes to overcome that test and having that gratitude. And I think the fact that you also mentioned that um, you, know, you kind of fake it till you make it, but the way you've approached the fake it till you make it is kind of out of a gratitude mentality. It's Absolutely. Sort of, rather than focusing on what you don't have, you're like, well, this is what I want and this is, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to treat the world as if I already have that thing and that those yeah. things, Allah's already doing that for me. Absolutely. And I think that that is really interesting because I think it's taken you, mashallah, so far, so good. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I guess from that, um, 
the early days of Mikash, you know, $500 budget from the kids account. <laughs> um, you know, you buy a bunch of bottles and, and, and you, you get the ingredients from contacts that you've established in, you know, in the earlier days of your beauty career. Um, how does it go from that to being a brand and then a brand to being what it is today? Believe it or not, I had zero help from anyone. I did absolutely everything myself. And like, I always tell people like, so I would have the pillow on my feet. I would be swinging Mikael and I'd be breastfeeding Aisha with my phone and just looking at, you know, YouTube business ideas and business growth uh, videos and, you know, listening to podcasts while I'm cooking. I didn't socialize for three years. I said, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to look after my kids and I'm going to make this business work. And that's what I did. That's why now I've got a social life because I feel like, right, my kids are in primary school now. My business is where I want it to be. I sacrificed. I had, I was looking at people having so much fun with the dinners and the events. I stayed home and I was like, no, I was stubborn. I was like, no, I'm going to make this work. But can I tell you, and I tell a lot of even non-Muslims, praying at Tahajud is just something that, like I prayed a lot in Tahajud prayer. And I always said, you know, God, even if it's just one sale, one sale a week, I'll be wrapped. One sale or, you know, give me the confidence because now I'm confident, but I wasn't confident behind the camera, you know, doing Insta stories. Oh, my goodness. Like I would cringe looking at myself. I was sweating. I was like, oh, my God, I look like an idiot. But something said to me, yeah, yeah, Simin, your shyness does not pay the bills. I had this, I heard it in my head. So now that's what I tell people, like shyness does not pay for the bills and it's so true and that's like my mum is very old school Turkish wog <laughs> why are you showing your face even my sisters they're like brands don't show you their faces I'm like I'm not them they're not me I'm a small business I need to work my butt off mm. like and to be honest like I did all the influencer marketing blah 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 it's not me. I don't like the way they're representing those other skincare brands. They don't even know what they're using. Like they have to be like, like for example, one influencer's like, I've been using this, um, this cleanser. Oh, I forgot the name to it. Like, I don't, I, yeah. I would not pay someone to do that. Yeah, that's. I sell my products. The moment I do a story, I'm sold out. So instead of giving them that money, which I have, I have, my money has gone down the drain with these people. That's why I'm like, no. You're over the influencers. They're nah, like they're all the same. They're all the same. Like, look, I tried, I actually, this is the one, this is the reason why I stopped. There's a Muslim girl in our community. She's a, an incredible model. Um, she's very well known. She does Mecca. She does clothing brands. I sent her about, 16 or 1700 dollars mm -hmm. and uh for her to promote my products i was like sweet she's a muslim girl i'm muslim she'll look out for me i paid her you know 1600 and i couldn't believe it i was so devastated she just took one two photos and that was it 
no, mm. not nothing mentioned on her stories. Just and I was like, for sixteen hundred, mm. really? That's disappointing. I was this. I was, and I was like, you know what? That's okay. I forgive you. It's all good. And then that was it. I closed the chapter on influences. And this is the thing that I really, really want small business owners to know that you can only sell your products. It's you. You need to do the hard work. You need to get behind your stories. You need to have that, build that confidence and just invest that money onto different things in your business. But influences for me are a no-go. So I did everything. Like I researched everything. I listened to podcasts. I went to seminars. I did everything I possibly could. And it's worked out for me. Yeah. It's really interesting (laughs) because um, the other thing that I think you've shown and something that I think is inherent in you is this ridiculous degree of discipline. And I think, you know, having observed a number of successful entrepreneurs, um, discipline has to be, it's, it's, it's a necessary ingredient for success. Yeah. It's something that's in our tradition, in our deen as well. Yes. That, you know, even when we don't feel like praying, you've got to pray. And, and there's this discipline that's built into us through daily prayer and, and other activities like fasting and stuff. But, you know, it, I find it really interesting that, you know, you actually went through this, this whole period of time where, you know, you're not going out, you're not spending money, you're not, you know, buying the things that you'd love to buy that every person would love to buy at that age, Um, you're saving money. And then when you start the business, um, you know, you're not going out, you're not doing the social stuff that you'd love to be doing. Um, You're working on your business and you're staying at home and sort of really exercising a huge amount of discipline in order to reap the benefit later on. Yes. Um, So how important is that, do you think? I think it's so important. Yeah. Because I take, I took this business very, very seriously. I was like, this is the only shot you have, Yasemin. That's it. After this. And then, you know, just the fact that I had people in my head saying, and that skincare business, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna like, trust me, I'm I'm gonna make you guys eat your words. And I did. And those people were my own sisters. They were like, yes, I mean, just go get a job. I'm like, no. One thing, and I don't mean to sound arrogant or like, like I don't have a huge ego. I'm very humble. I can't stand when someone tells me what to do. Like, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to save myself and <clears throat> be my own boss. Yeah. But can I just tell you something? My husband always believed in me. and. He's like, you know what, you'll do it. Because you see, he's like, I'm very like, I'm into that stuff. Like I'm full force. If I do something, yeah, I do it. Yeah. And by the sec- look, the first year of business, this is something that people need to understand. We're not Kim Kardashian. We're not a celebrity. We're not an influencer. The first year of business is very tough. Don't expect the first year to make money. By the second year, I registered my business for GST. So the second year I made close to 100K. But by the third year, and this is when we got into lockdown, oh, my gosh, I killed it to a point where my nieces and my nephews, poor guys, they had to get out of their jobs because COVID, lockdown. Um, I hired all of them and paid them close to 180 a day, each of them. And this is while I was working in my housing commission unit. 
two-bedroom unit. Wow. We were in the lounge room packing orders. Some of them were packing orders on my bed while I was in the Mm. kitchen doing everything. So mind you, with two kids, they were only going to um, daycare two, three times a week. And then I helped my husband because we were building in Diamond Creek at the time. I gave my husband $80,000 just in the six months for the builder. So, like, Mm. you know, the thing is, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, lockdown. We're going to, I don't know how I'm going to survive. Everyone was being very negative. I can't can't be around negative people. Mm. I feel like they suck the energy out of me. Yeah. Um, so instead I was, I flip it. I'm like, why don't you like, this is like from God. Like I've always been very like, just stop being negative. Like I said, you know what? COVID is going to be a blessing for my business. I kept making myself believe it. And I was like, no, I'm going to be making a load of money. Excuse my language. <laughs> Wait, you can take that off. Wait, yeah, I'm going to make a whole heap of money. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really am a big believer in law of attraction, law of assumption. I love that. I love it. Have been for years, almost yeah. a decade. And um, I said, I, and something that I always say to myself is, oh, Allah, bless these pockets so that I can bless others. And that's what I say to myself every day. While I'm getting ready in the morning, one thing I always do is I listen to the morning adhkar by Mishari on YouTube. Mm, beautiful. And then... I'll do my salawat after that. And then I'll always say, I'll say it like five, 10 times. Oh, Allah, please bless these pockets so that I can bless others. And that I've been doing for about a couple of years now. And I definitely see like my mindset has changed. And like, for example, I'll see someone on the street because I'm on Brunswick Street. There's a lot of people that are, you know, addicted to drugs or, you know, they ask for money. I give it to them. I don't, I don't know what, maybe if that person is using drugs, like it's not my business. Maybe he's thirsty or maybe he's hungry. Maybe he's going to use that money for that. Mm. I always, I feel like God always sends people my way. Like I have parents that walk past here. I give them free products for their child. And they're like, oh my gosh, I was actually out of baby wash. How strange. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, because God sent you to me. Like, even like with my sis, my sister's children's, like, you know, the, the, that whole year of them working with me, like a couple of my nieces, they saved up all this money. And my sister's been out of a job too. So like they were bringing money home. So like, do you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. Mikash grew genuinely, I reckon, through God blessing me. Mm-hmm. Of course, the hard work, but no, I really no, feel no. like, you know, my patience and me just having that faith and that trust in God it's like God's way of saying, here, Yasin, this is, this is my gift to you. I really do feel that. Alhamdulillah. Like, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I think you've uncovered a couple of really big secrets, actually. Um, the one, one secret that I really want to explore is the adhkar and the remembrance oh, yes. of the Prophet Sallallahu And just, just that remembrance and reflection on Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And yeah. it's, it's really hard to explain to people who haven't experienced it or that don't engage in a, a word of some sort or asghar of some sort but yeah. you know i think I, even i i can speak to that and i totally understand it but you know when you have that thing in your life where every single day you're remembering allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're attributing success to him yeah. it opens up untold doors of blessing and barakah oh right? yeah because 
because we're not taking we're not taking credit for something that Allah's doing. And that's something, you know, I think that is really important. And having that daily connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, realigning our lives and realigning our thinking every single day um, is probably the most, uh, it's among the most important and powerful things we can do as human beings. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really big secret in a way um, that you've just exposed, which is really nice. And I think the other thing is that I really think is, is admirable and I think is worth pointing out um, it's one thing to be ambitious for the purpose of um, taking yourself further in life. There's, you know, on the face of it, there's nothing wrong with that. In Islam, we're not discouraged from trying to be successful. But when we try to be successful for the purpose of benefiting others, mm -hmm. there's something else in the, in the wealth oh, that yeah. you generate. You know? and, and when you recognize that you are a means for other people to get their risk from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether it's someone walking in and getting baby shampoo or you know baby soap or whatever it might be or um you know someone coming in off the street and you know you giving them sadaka um when you recognize that your wealth is not your own and that you are a conduit for others subhanallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really does fill those pockets. Pour it it really does yeah Trust and like his blessings are endless right so oh yeah it's like it's it doesn't make a difference <laughs> to him in a sense it's so easy um so that's really incredible because while you're stuck, uh, you know, a lot of us are stuck in the mechanical day-to-day -day of brand building and product building, we, these things can get lost. But it's so refreshing to hear that that's been such a huge part of yeah. you know, your journey uh, and the success. From here, where like, you know, Mikash obviously has come through um, a number of phases. It sounds like the COVID period of time was a strong period of time for you guys. Uh, Alhamdulillah, yes, it was. Alhamdulillah, and as a family, I suppose, you know. Um, so where do you want to take Mikash? What's the future goal and what are the aspirations for this brand? So a lot of people will think, what the hell? But I actually declined two very, very well-known beauty companies, um, which would have made my life incredibly, incredibly rich. Uh, I declined them because they wanted, one wanted 70% and the other one wanted 75%. In order for me to accept that, I would have had to cheapen my ingredients and source from China and then Mikash would not be Mikash. Everything would have to be mass produced. So I put my foot down. I told them where to go. That's one. I had a very... I don't know if he's well-known here, but he's definitely very well-known in China. A multi-millionaire investor wanted to stock Mikash in 13 of his stores. Mm -hmm. I said I declined. And the reason why I declined is because of what they are doing to our Uyghur brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. uh, like, honestly, money does not phase me. It's If I wake up every day and I do what I love, and it still pays the bills, then I'm fine. But where do I see myself? I see myself just being here. If I can do what I'm doing in the next 10 years, I'll count my blessings. Mm -hmm. um, but look, I, I'm very busy um, and I'm only like in Australia. I'm sending to New Zealand often and to the US often. I'm hoping to, uh, you know, have an account in Turkey where I can have product stocks there because a lot of my cousins have got their own beauty salons. But um, 
at the moment I'm very comfortable because I make everything. I do everything. I've got two of my nieces that work with me. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like, I don't really – look, I'm going to be really honest. I don't want to become a millionaire. Like, I'm just – I'm happy where it is. (laughs) That is – like really refreshing to hear um because as you know as we know businesses are vehicles for for other things you know um and so the reasons for people getting into business vary and sometimes you know some people get into business for money um but the ones that are really successful get into business for reasons beyond that um it might be because you want to affect change it might be because you want to create something that's really valuable a product that is that you can stand behind a product that you can actually say i know every ingredient in this product and i can guarantee it and i'm proud of that because i'm making sure that the clients that i've i've got i'm looking after them and yeah i think that's that sounds like far more important to you than the bottom line yeah subhanallah that's that's really interesting because i think we don't hear that often enough these days. No, because um, I'm not a greedy person. <laughs> well, you know, I'm joking. <laughs> it's really interesting. You know what's really funny? Um, uh, and I'm going to butcher this because I don't remember the quote directly. But um, when you don't care to have dunya, dunyawi things, mm. everyone loves you. If you're yeah. someone, if you're a person that is not chasing the dunya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it so that the people of the world will really chase you. Yeah. And in a good way, I mean. And they'll follow you, they'll admire you. When you're someone that's, when a person is someone that's chasing the dunya, they're just like everyone else and they're competing with you, right? Yeah. And so when you meet people that are not, that don't have a care in the world for the dunya, in a sense, like, yeah, yeah they want, you know, they want their basics looked after, but they're not chasing dunya. Um, it's mm. a super refreshing uh, thing. And it's a really nice thing for, to meet people like that. Um, yeah. And I think our ummah needs more people like that. And the interesting thing is I'm betting, and subhanAllah, we don't bet, <laughs> but I'm, say, I'm just saying it in a figurative sense. But I think with that attitude, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shower you with even more than you are expecting because Thank you're not chasing it. It's not that important yeah. to you. So, and for Allah, it's easy, right? So I, I feel like that if people are genuinely of that mindset, um, it's rare to find those people struggling. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. Like I can tell you every, almost every single day I receive a message from a fellow small business owner and because I always post about, you know, my boxes, my orders and, you know, things are going ha ha he he on my end. But, you know, like, I, I receive messages like, you know, sis, I wish I, I wish I had that many orders or how do I make, how do I get more orders? Like, what am I, can you look at my page? Like, what am I doing wrong? And to me, automatically, I'm like, it's your attitude in your business. Like for me, I always just said, you know, even if I have five orders a day, I mean, like I'll be wrapped. I never forget last year for Ramadan. We were at my elder sister's house and um, my mum, she's like, how was, your, how was work today? I'm like, yeah, good, alhamdulillah, mum. Uh, how many orders did you get? I'm like, oh, I only had one. She's like, one? I'm like, 
mom, are you serious? Alhamdulillah, like there are people that don't even have one. She's like, yeah, but only one, Yasemin, like what's going on? I'm like, mom, are you serious? I'm happy that I've got one. It was only a baby powder too, mind you, which is $19. And this was like, we're about to break fast. And she was like, oh my God, Yasemin, do you have like um, Ain on you? Ain is Ain Nazar? Nazar. Yeah, Nazar yeah. is it Ain? Yeah, yeah she's like, Ain. maybe Ain you've got. Yeah, because I've, I've, I always pop it. <laughs> and she's like, let me breathe on you. I'm like, mom, I'm just dying to break my fast at this point. I'm like, mom, like if God's risk for me was $19, even if it was $5, I'm wrapped. That $5, I can go get myself a coffee. I'm wrapped. Anyways, you will not believe it. After that conversation, we broke our fast. I was not even thinking about orders or anything like that because I know if today's a bad day, tomorrow will be a better day. You know, it's just the way I am. Mm. I kid you not. Oh, my God. My sales came one after another, one after another. I think I made like two or three grand worth of sales just that night. And I was like, see, mum, see, you got to have faith in God. I'm like, and you're the one that taught us this you know this kind of mentality that's amazing i try and i try and uh give advice to our muslim sisters that are you know starting out and like a lot of them just are full of doubt if there's one thing that will kill your business is doubt you got to be confident like just fake it till you make it like i've i've oh my god i'll tell you this story i've said this story like a hundred times I never forget. I think I was like six months into business or eight months into big business. I can't really remember how long, but I remember a time where I didn't make a sale for weeks. And I was like, I'm going to do something and it's going to work. So I built up boxes, packaging boxes. And I went behind my stories and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for all these orders. I'm so excited to send it to you all. And then that was it. I kid you not. That night, I made a thousand dollars worth in sales, and I was that was that was the moment I started my business started to grow. Wow, just that, but, but you know, I mean, you can say that you were, um, you know, uh, making it till I was making it, or, or you can look at it like this that you know, you, you, you were thanking people before the sales were made, yeah, you know, so it's just, right. it's just that you were reversing it. So there's no lying. There's no dishonesty there. It's just you're thanking people in advance. So humble. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the look. And and the thing is, you know, I think that that um, attitude of having they call it attitude of gratitude or whatever. You yes. know, other people call it other things. But I think that there's something to be said about that. And it's in our tradition too. You know, um, we are told to always be grateful for the blessings that Allah has bestowed on us because they're countless, and we can never we can never be over grateful. Um, so, you know, being grateful for the $5 is the same as being grateful for the $5 billion. It's, yeah. it's the same thing. It comes from the same source. And that's so, right. um, you know, we, we, we look at the giver, not what's given. Yeah, um, that's right. And so, alhamdulillah, I mean, that's so nice and refreshing to hear um, that, you know, despite, <laughs> um, you know, and our mothers are always the ones that <laughs> show us the mirror. Um, that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, that iftari story, <laughs> it's, I can imagine that, it's the same thing at so many different dinner tables around the Muslim world. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure a lot of people relate to that when, especially if they're embarking on a business, the waters are always choppy, right? In yes. business because you never know. Um, and so there's probably a lot of, di- uh, you know, dinner table chats that are similar. Like, what are you doing with your life? You've only got one sale or 
you know, what is this business you've started? Are you sure you really want to do this? Why don't you get a job like everyone else? Do something stable. Go be a doctor. Go be a nurse. Go be a yeah. this, whatever. Um, but in business, you know, you have to have that resilience and you have to have that belief, which, you know, I think is something that you've really shared here today as well, that having that belief and then reinforcing it with thinking positively, thinking gratefully um, and doing what it takes to hustle and, and get it done. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. And so, um, you know, in terms of advice, I mean, I think you've given some remarkable advice to potential founders and other people with not just beauty brands, but just businesses generally. Um, what do you think um, the Ummah can do better? If you were to look at sort of how the Ummah, the Muslim Ummah in Australia and, you know, how they're running businesses and in, in engaging in that sort of activity, what would you say is something we can collectively do better? Can I be really honest here? Please. Yes. And I just want to say I apologize for anyone listening now. Do not take offense to what I'm saying. I'm someone that won't sugarcoat anything. I'm straight to your face. Something that, see, I didn't grow up in the community. I grew up in Fitzroy and I'm still in Fitzroy. So once my business was exposed to the community, I really didn't understand a lot of the time. Like I was just really different uh, mindset-wise attitude-wise, very different. And something that I, I realised with um, our community is that there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of looking into how they're doing things. Okay, I'm going to do it exactly like them. So there's a lot of copying as well. Something that I would or I would definitely suggest, like my advice to them would be, be you. But when I say be you, I mean like genuinely be you. Don't worry about what other ones, other people are doing. Focus on how you want to do things. Like, for example, Mikesh skincare, everyone will say it's like gangster skincare because, like, I've got my little bit of attitude in there and my personality in there um, because, like, I love, you know, R&B and, like, I, I dress in my trackies and, you know, I'm, I'm me. But, like, just just be you and like just don't don't worry about anyone else because yeah. every single one of you ladies out there are special gems like you bring yourself to the table don't worry about anyone sorry i dragged it on but no 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 i'm I sure you'll get i'm sure they'll know what i mean yeah no definitely <laughs> i think i think it's really interesting because um one thing you've just pointed to there in terms of the mindset is mm. you know when we grow up in a Western capitalist economy, yeah. the mindset is resources are scarce, right? Scarce meaning there's only a certain amount of money, let's say, in mm -hmm. the economy. And that means if I have, if I take some or if someone else takes some, less for me, right? And that's kind of, sadly, that's a little bit of the mindset that we've adopted as the Muslim community in some, in some parts, let's say. Yeah. Not everyone. But some parts of the Muslim community have adopted that mindset of there's only so much of the pie to go around. And so if someone else is taking a big part of the pie, I get less. But if we look at it from an Islamic point of view, it's, um, like that. it's not like that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in, infinite and he's, what he can give us is infinite. And so there's no limitation on, you know, if he makes someone else in our community really successful and wealthy, that doesn't mean he can make 
you know, he's got any restrictions to make yeah. us any less successful. That's so, right. And I think that that mindset comes back to trust in Allah, right? Trust in Absolutely. Allah that we are sufficient in what we are putting out there to the world and that, you know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help us when our, you know, time of need comes. So I yeah. think that's a really, really nice message because I think it is, it's self-reflective in a way that, you know, we, we all have it in us to be um, imperfect and, and to have, be affected by jealousy and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but if we go back to our roots, um, we can find the answer there. And that is that. Yeah, absolutely. And look, when I do business, I always said, I'm going to do, I'm going to, you know, be a business owner and take, um, uh, I like, I treat my business the way our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi used to do his business. So like, I think that's very important. Like if you, if people just go back and be like the way he would be in business, very humble, very extraordinary things that he's done. And, you know, just gaining, I think that's the reason why I've gained people's trust, you know, by, by following in his, well, I try to, in his footsteps with, you know, um, being in business. Like, for example, my products, it says 110 mils on a label. I add extra. I'm like, just in case, I'll just add a little bit more, five more mils, you know, because sometimes, I don't know, maybe the scale's wrong. So, like, things like that, do you know what I mean? Um, like if I really wanted to, I could really get something that's a little bit more cheaper just to save and make a little bit more profit. Oh, easy, I can do it. But I don't because I'm like, mm. no, because that's not what Islam teaches us. That's not what our Prophet Muhammad would do. So these are things that I always think in my head. And you'll be surprised. A lot of business owners that are Muslim don't even think about things like that. Yeah. Which is so, it's, it's, so, it's so like heartbreaking you know mm. like I know I'm not perfect I don't wear the hijab but things like this I take very seriously mm. that's final I mean look you're, we're all on our journey you know and and I think yes. that we recognize that we're all imperfect and we have shortcomings but yeah. you know we pray that Allah subhanahu wa forgives our shortcomings and allows Inshallah. us to be people that are practicing the way that he would like us to um, yeah. so you know I'm in the same boat in terms of wanting to always improve um, spiritually and, and always feeling deficient in that way. But, um, you know, I think we've covered some amazing, amazing content in the sense. I think we did too. Yeah, it's been an incredible <laughs> conversation. One last question that I want to ask, because I'm conscious of your time and I know we're really- That's okay. It's all good. Been really, really insightful. Um, is there anything that you wish you knew before you got into business that you do know now? that it's important to have a really good accountant. And believe me, when I tell you, I could have been in big trouble, but there are a lot of businesses, and I tell you, Zane, like a lot of small businesses that are making a load of money yep. and they are not ATO approved. Like I'm telling mm -hmm. you, these guys will get you. It takes one bad relative or a friend, an ex-friend to lag you in and then you're gone. Yeah. So get a good, this is like such an important thing that a lot of people just overlook. care. They're yeah. like, oh, they're not going to know. Trust me. Oh, my God. One of my friends, she got done. She was, in, she was doing florals from home, uh, like uh, done up floral, floral stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, she was making a lot of money. She was like making 8K a week, just profit. 
and she was still getting Centrelink. She's a single mum, so I don't get... She was still getting Centrelink. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll just open a second account. No, it took one bad relative (laughs) to lag her in. So, yeah, anyways, look, accountant, you got to get a really good accountant. you got to get that stuff sorted because let me tell you now, in five years' time, if you want to buy a car or, you know, buy a house or a shop, whatever it may be, having that financial stability and, you know, it, it makes a world of a difference. Like I, the reason why I say this is because at first I was like, I'm not going to tell the ATO. What for? Why should I? I'm making the money. Why am I going to give it to them? Nah. If you're paying tax, be grateful that you're paying tax. But yeah. like if it wasn't for my business, I wouldn't be able to get an loan approved of over a million dollars for my husband to start his crane business. So, and then, you know, another loan to do something else because I don't just have me cash. I've got multiple things that I'm doing at the same time. So that's the best advice I can give anyone. Yeah. That's fun. It's it's really interesting and important because um, I think that a lot of uh, business owners who start, you know, something new, they don't turn their mind to tax. They don't turn their mind to legal stuff. They don't turn their mind to accounting stuff. And it's because it's expensive. That stuff ends up being, it's boring and it's expensive. And yeah. it's kind of like, I don't have time or the you know, willpower to deal with all those people. Yeah. Like no one wants to deal with those people. No right? one. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm done when it comes to things like that. My accountant you know does everything yeah. for me. You do know I'm like, a lawyer, right? So just be careful with what you say. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Listen, my sister's a lawyer. My sister's a lawyer. She's, yeah. She used to lag me to the teachers when she'd see me wagging school. Yeah, yeah. like. She- <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, and I think, I think setting up in a way where, you, you know, you, you don't have to go overboard, but just having that stuff in order, it sets your yeah. life up. Like, you know, being um, able to, you know, oh, demonstrate yeah. that you've got a strong business for the purposes of, I don't know, whether it's lending, like, you know, borrowing, yeah. whether it's. That's um, right. And know, if I was to sell my business, at least I've got my, my, yeah, books, my, exactly. my you know, tracking of my profits, my this, my that. Yep. So, yeah. Humbler. Look, thank you so much. That was an, it was a really amazing conversation. And I'm thank so you. glad that you, you know, I was able to get your time to be able to do something like this. So I'm really, really grateful to you for taking time out to speak with us. And my absolute um, pleasure. Thank you yeah. so much. And and you know, I, I don't want to end this without making dua that um, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to bless you and bless your family and your business. And um, may you continue to succeed and continue on a path of closeness towards him. Inshallah ta'ala, I mean. I mean, um, inshallah yeah. for us all. Inshallah for us all. Um, there's yeah. still so many things that we can talk about. I know you've got a lot of other interesting ventures, um, but inshallah we'll do that, reserve that for another time. But I just want to say thank you. And um, yeah, may Allah bless you. Thank you so much. May Allah bless you too. Thank you so much.